Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Breaker. Welcome into the Monday edition of the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Bork. You thank you, as always, for making the show a part of your day. And this might be a short one today because really... I'm only going to talk about one thing because it's the only thing anybody's talking about right now when it comes to Ole Miss in the aftermath of their loss to Arkansas, and that's the quarterback position. Now, later on this week, I'll probably reflect on the defense a little bit because that was the first time this year uh, that the defense played well enough to win a football game. I know it was a step down in competition, but how much better offensively is Kentucky than Arkansas? I would argue not a whole lot. Maybe up front, Kentucky's much better. But Arkansas, at least as a quarterback, that can beat you vertically. Ole Miss played much better defensively. We'll get to that a little bit later on in the week, I think. Because most importantly, we got to talk about quarterbacks. And why Lane Kiffin did the exact right thing on Saturday. I know there was some contention and there is definitely some differing opinions about how that was handled and the backup quarterback and all that good stuff. I'm going to give you my opinion on that. Why I think what Kiffin did is a stark difference in what you saw a year ago and why that will pay dividends for his team moving forward. Of course, but I do want to remind you, number one, to follow me on Twitter, at Michael Borky. I uh, explained, at least in real time during the game, my thoughts as uh, that thing was unraveling. So if you want to see more stuff like that, also I will tweet about the Saints a lot, including today. Uh, the bye week has allowed me to uh, have some personal reflection. And my take last week or two weeks ago about Drew Brees being done, I'm rescinding that take, and I'm ready to jump back into blind optimism and watch him lead us to the Super Bowl one uh, check down and uh, dump off and slant at a time. But anyway... Uh, so follow me there on Twitter, and of course, the show is brought to you every week by LBs just across from Kroger on University Avenue in Oxford. Go by LBs and tell Greg that we sent you here at Super Talk at the Rebel Report. Beautiful week coming up in Oxford. Maybe some weather this weekend. You might have a cold day on Saturday for a early kickoff. Right now, high in the mid-60s, so I say that's cold. That's... um. Definitely not cold, but at least for, for us with Southern blood, that's a, a chilly Saturday afternoon. But should be a really nice week to put something behind the grill, or put something on the grill, get behind the grill is what I should have said, and get one of their daily lunch specials Monday through Friday. So LB's just across from Kroger, University Avenue in Oxford. Tell Greg that we sent you here at Super Talk. Get your weekend started the right way, and that is by getting the best meat in the state at LB's in Oxford. All right, so here we go. Um, talking quarterbacks, and this is a, a hot conversation, as I learned uh, on the Sunday show yesterday, and of course through my Twitter mentions, that a lot of people have a lot of opinions about this situation in particular. And of course it's because Matt Corral threw six interceptions and Ole Miss lost to Arkansas. For other reasons, like goal line execution was bad for Ole Miss. You had the fumble, and then they couldn't get half a yard um, so there were other factors that contributed to this loss. The receiver, the group of receivers, by the way, not named Elijah Moore, need to catch the football. Uh, multiple drops in the game maybe would have made a difference. Um, there was a early in the game, a roughing the punter 
that I think really changed the early momentum of the game. Ole Miss gets two, three and outs in a row to start the game, but then you have the roughing the punter, and Arkansas goes down the field and scores. So it wasn't exclusively Matt Corral's interceptions, but if those six become two, they probably win. I mean, it it was a horrible game. Horrible doesn't even really come to describe it. It was the worst game of his college career for sure, and I think it's a pretty conservative guess to say, that that was the worst game that he has ever played in his entire life. Six interceptions is something that does not happen very often. In fact, it's extremely rare. It was a terrible, terrible, terrible game that he played on Saturday. There's no excuses. He didn't make any after the game. Lane Kiffin didn't make any after the game. I'm not excusing this performance. It's not what I'm doing here with my take that you're about to hear on this situation. It is an awful performance. It's basically why they lost the game, a game that they should have won, a team that they are better than, but they threw six interceptions, and that was your difference in the game. It was an awful game. Inexcusable. Full stop, period. However, the obsession to me with his backup quarterback, I think uh, has and will create a toxic environment. And it starts with the broadcast. I mean, this is four weeks in a row now where any time at all, any time, something goes wrong for Ole Miss offensively. They cut the camera to his backup, John Rice Plumley. Any time. And at this point, after lighting up Florida, after lighting up Kentucky, and after lighting up Alabama, the fact that anytime something even slightly goes wrong, they immediately cut to Plumley. I, I think is, I think it's dead wrong, and they need to stop it. Honestly, um, and then coming from some fans, immediately calling for a quarterback change, and the, the things that go with a bad game on Saturday, I think is creating or can create a toxic environment around the football team in in the current situation. And it happened right in front of your eyes last year. Because the quarterback situation was so mismanaged, was bungled almost weekly, there was a toxic environment around the quarterback situation. And I can't imagine what it did to a team in the locker room, the, the shuffling. I can't imagine what it did to the two guys, even though they both seem to have handled it very well. Um... It feels like you've got two really good kids that everybody talks about at, your, at the quarterback position at Ole Miss because they handled last year with class. They handled the competition and stuff going into the season, at least publicly, what we know, with class. They're good kids. So they handled it well, but it, there was bad energy around that program and within the fan base because of it. That was the worst game of his life. So I understand why fans are wondering about him and talking about his backup. I get where that's coming from. And a lot of it, in some cases anyway, has to do with where Plumlee is from. And not so much about his fit in the offense or anything like that. To some people, that does matter. Maybe not you listening, but to some people, that does matter. 
One's from California, he's got tattoos, he's a little edgy. The other one is a straight-edged, very good kid from right in our backyard. And so, that has caused some things. But that was the worst game of Matt Corral's life. That is very, very true. But all of this is true as well. He is absolutely, unquestionably, the best fit for Lane Kiffin and Jeff Lebby's system. That is undeniably true. He is also the quarterback that gives you the best shot at winning games. And I think it's important to note that because I I do hear the argument, I really do, when people say, he was just so off, you put somebody else in the game just because he's clearly off. But I think maybe you would have seen somebody else if they were getting blown out, but it was still a one-score game for a lot of the second half. And you know, and Kiffin knows, and Lebby knows that he is their best shot at winning games, so they kept him in. I think if it would have been a blowout, maybe you would have seen somebody else. I don't think it would have been... I'm not convinced, anyway, that it would have been John Rice Plumley. And Kiffin's quotes after the game, in which I'll read them to you in a second, shine some light on that situation. And he... Okay, so he's the best fit for the system. He gives you the best shot at winning, regardless of how bad he's playing. And he is obviously very much improved year over year. And he's still young. By my count, and I could have counted wrong, that was his eighth start. I know for a fact, though, he hasn't started a full, started a full season's worth of games just yet. I think, if I counted correctly, that's his eighth start ever. And his third system in three years. And last year's was basically a wash because he was used terribly. This, that was his fourth start in a new system as a redshirt sophomore. That was his eighth, by my count, start as a college quarterback. He is still young, and he is still learning. And if you're one of those people, and there's not many, but if you're one of those people that is calling for his backup to now be the starter, if you're calling for him to get pulled and to play his backup, ask yourself, would his backup have done what Matt Corral did to Florida? Would his backup have done what Corral did to Kentucky? Would his backup have absolutely lit up Alabama? Who, by the way, I don't know if you watched Alabama Saturday night. That's a national championship contending Alabama team. And they proved it on Saturday night. He lit them up. Ask yourself, if you want to see his backup, would he have done that? Because the answer is a hard, hard no. Hard no. Ole Miss is 0-4 right now, and they're not competitive with Florida and not competitive with Alabama if the quarterbacks are switched. Because, and I had somebody text into the Sunday show to say, well, Plumlee lit up elite defenses last year, and they they knew that he could really only run. And that... It's just simply a a false narrative. He played well, or he lit up one defense, and it was LSU. And it was after LSU had a commanding lead in the second half a week after they played Alabama. They were disinterested, but 
I think a bigger sample size is Auburn and Texas A&M and Mississippi State and Missouri. On top of not fitting in this system. One bad performance should not erase the previous three starts. I think that's a really key thing here. I'm talking about the people, by the way, or talking to the people that think that Plumlee should start this week. One bad performance does not erase the previous three. And I think you are engaging in blind faith if you think his backup would have performed the way that Corral did in the first three weeks. If this keeps happening, though, then you have a decision to make, right? If there's a bunch of turnovers and interceptions and staring down receivers next week against Auburn, then maybe you start considering things. But right now, there is absolutely... No reason whatsoever to make a change at quarterback. None, zero, absolutely not. The kid, after the way he performed in the first three weeks of the season, number one, he is a human. Humans have bad days. Number two, he should have, with the fan base, built up enough capital for you to trust that he is a high-level quarterback who runs your system well and a guy that you can win games with. You do not make reactionary quarterback changes after one bad game. Because then it creates, like I said at the beginning, a toxic environment. And it gives you what you saw last year. You can't on one hand say that the offense was mismanaged a year ago and the quarterback shuffling didn't make sense. And the first sign of adversity, you call for quarterback shuffling. That doesn't make any sense. I know it's frustrating because you should have won that game on Saturday. No doubt about it. But the kid deserves the opportunity of patience. And Lane Kiffin, luckily, is giving it to him, but from the fan base as well. And not all of you are like this, but there are people that are doing the usual thing. He deserves your patience. And support right now. That's what it comes down to. And it was pretty telling after the game, especially why this decision was made. Because you did have people that say, well, it's not like making a change. It couldn't have been any worse. And I understand that. But you've also got to understand that you're currently engaging in program building. Lane Kiffin's goal is to not just beat Arkansas on Saturday. Maybe a change, the next guy wouldn't have thrown six interceptions. But that's also short-term solutions for a long-term situation. That's like bragging about or trying to win the first mile of a marathon. Making a change would have potentially won that first mile, but this is a marathon, this is program building. And Kiffin understands clearly understands his quarterback, and they seem to have, and I'm going to read these quotes to you here in a second, uh, pretty good respect for each other. I think it's uh, interesting the way they both described what happened. Uh, So I will find these quotes here for you and read them to you. Kiffin said, quote, I said before, I don't believe you pull the quarterback quick. I think if you do that, it affects confidence and rhythm. 
I know most people probably would have done that on Saturday, but it's the same guy that the last three weeks everybody's been saying is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. You better, better figure it out, especially in this, all, in, in this conference. You've got really good coaches, so they're going to copy it. Once somebody figures out how to stop you, you better figure out the answers to that because you're going to see the same thing every week. Matt Corral also said... All right, here, I'll, I'll give you another Kiffin quote, actually. I said, you know, this game can be really humbling, talking uh, about what he said to his quarterback. You've got to be careful reading all your stuff during the week and how great you are and all that stuff because it will bring you right back down. Once you start playing really well, people, they study you. Today, they read his eyes and they played all zone and he was staring down guys and that's where the interceptions came. Corral sat down with the media also after the game and very um, reflective. If you're looking for something positive to take away from this, it's your quarterback's attitude. But here's a a quote from the very beginning of his press opportunity. He said, uh, Kiffin told him after the game that he has his back, and that's all a quarterback in my position could ask for. There's no excuses for that performance today. He mentioned also that it's all on him and that he's got to work harder and study more film and that it's a humbling performance and he tries to not look in the past and Honestly, he said all the right things. But that quote right there in particular, that he has my back. Um, I, I think pulling him there uh, would have really affected his confidence. Kiffin clearly knows his quarterback. And him sitting down the way he did and talking with the media after the game, because he knows that his coach believes in him and stuck with him, and I don't know if you've seen on Twitter, Kiffin's been re- been sharing stories about his uh, his father-in-law uh, throwing nine interceptions in a game. Uh, stuff like that. I mean, it's very... Kiffin seems to have great perspective, and so does Corral in this situation. It seems like there's a mutual respect there, but watching Corral on that Zoom call after the game, it struck me as that is exactly why Kiffin kept him in the game. Because... He knows his coach believes in him and has his back, and he had great perspective after that game, and pulling him may have wrecked that confidence and that mentality. Now he doesn't have to look over his shoulder. Now he can relax and know that, hey, my coach has my back. He believes in me. we got to study like hell this week. We've got to fix things. I can't stare down guys when they're dropping eight back in zone. Can't do that. Got to look at check down some more. Can't force things into windows that aren't there. He didn't do that in the first three weeks. He did that on Saturday. He pressed a little bit. You're going to get that similar look from Auburn. Now it's up to him and his coaches and his receivers to catch the ball this time uh, to adjust and fix that. If you make a change at quarterback and you start shuffling things around and you open the competition up again, who? I mean, they clearly know how that would have been handled, and it's not that way. To me, you should be really encouraged about what your coach and your quarterback said after the game. It wasn't reactionary. It wasn't panicking. They know exactly what they have to fix, and the mentality of your guy, and he, like Kiffin said, he's still your guy. That is the same guy that lit up Florida, Kentucky, and Alabama in consecutive weeks. Him keeping him in the game and handling it the way he did has built up your guy in a way that I think that 
he's going to approach this week, it seems like that to me, with the exact right approach. The right attitude about it. And like I said before, if this continues to happen, if this becomes a chronic thing, then you consider making a change. But that was a really long-winded way for me to say that um, reactionary quarterback decisions is what caused such a mess for Ole Miss a year ago. If you didn't like the way that was handled, and by the way, you shouldn't because that was simply embarrassing, um, but if you didn't like the way that was handled, you cannot immediately call for shuffling of the quarterback position. Saturday was a good thing for Matt Corral when it comes to his future development. Because I, I don't know why people push back on this, but he is still a young quarterback. Old Miss is so... Bennett Hip pointed this out on Twitter, and he was exactly right. Uh, Old Miss fans are kind of used to, and it's not your fault, it's just how it's worked out. Uh, immediate impact Juco guys. Bo Wallace stepped in, and, and he had played college football for a couple of years before he gets to Ole Miss. Now, it's different, of course, the Juco level to Ole Miss, but he was an older guy. Bo Wallace leaves in steps Chad Kelly, who was at Clemson, who also went to East Mississippi, and he lights the world on fire because he's super talented, and he had a humbling experience after leaving Clemson and having to learn and grow at East Mississippi. Started a bunch of games. Chad Kelly started more games at East Mississippi than Matt Corral has so far in his Ole Miss career. And then in comes Jordan Ta'amu. A steady, older guy. And then here comes Matt Corral, who was a young, pretty raw, but extremely talented quarterback who learned Phil Longo's system. And then Longo gets fired, and in steps Rich Rodriguez. And now Corral's going to take over as the starter and be the guy. And then they run this system that doesn't really fit him at all. And it was his first real game action last year. And he gets injured in, in the Cal game. And Plumlee steps in, and they just decide they just want to run the football and abandon the forward pass. And then he gets fired, and Matt Luke gets fired, and here comes a new system with Lane Kiffin and Jeff Lebby, which is the exact opposite of what you saw a year ago. So three different systems in three years. In his eighth start, he is still a young, growing, developing quarterback. And with growing young quarterbacks, there's going to be some growing pains, and that is what you hope you saw on Saturday. There are no excuses for that performance. That kind of thing can't happen again. He owned it, though. But that is something that, maybe not this bad, but there was going to be a day where he did not perform at this level, or at the level that you saw for the first three weeks. He was going to have an off day. It just so happened to be historically off. It can't happen again. But he is still a developing and growing quarterback. And... I think the obsession over his backup uh, is something that needs to stop. I think if you want to do the right thing as fans, in my opinion, um, you support your guy, get behind him 100%, show up to the game Saturday, and be there for your guy because he just had a horrible day. But, I mean, do you get divorced after a horrible week? do you think that your boss is going to fire you after a bad screw-up at work? And depending on how bad it is, but, I mean, I've had bad days, I've had bad weeks, I've had bad months at work, and um, because my bosses stuck with me and understood that I was going through some things, and it affected 
me at work. They knew what I was capable of, and they stuck with me. And now I I work hard for them, and I respect them even more than, than I did before because of the way they stuck with me when I was going through something. I mean, do you want to do that to your guy? I don't think so. So I think you stick with him. Uh, summary here. You stick with him because, number one, he's the best fit for your offense. He is the most capable guy, your best chance at winning games right now in your offense. Number two, he has shown you this year that he is an elite-level quarterback when he's on. He's shown you that. And if you've got a four-game sample size and three are elite-level and one is bad, which one do you think he actually is? We'll see Saturday. Number three, I guess this would be four. I don't remember. Um, (laughs) Sorry. Um... The quick hook creates an environment around your team that you saw a year ago and you saw how much of a disaster that was. That built trust between you and your quarterback. And also, by the way, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, uh, there are a couple of high-level, high-profile quarterbacks that they're uh, recruiting right now, one of which in Starkville that's, uh, I believe, a senior right now. And the other one, um, I don't know, pretty famous last name, a guy that plays in, in New Orleans right now, um, I promise you the message was received that you're going to have an off day, and guess what? If you're my guy, you're my guy, and I'm sticking with you. That'll help in recruiting. That will help with uh, your relationship between you and your guy. That will help keep the environment within your team down uh, or, or not toxic like I've been describing so far today. It'll help with the growth and development of your guy. It's frustrating, and it was hard to watch on Saturday. And I understand why some people think that they, he should have at least gone to somebody else because you knew he was off that day. I, I hear that argument. I think the only reason why they didn't do that was because the game was close and they know that he's their best chance at winning. However, um, the right decision was made. And if this keeps happening, maybe you have to think about it some more. But right now, there's no reason to make a change. Lane Kiffin's handling this the exact right way. And you just got to hope he learns from it and grows from it and goes out and plays well against Auburn on Saturday. That's all you can hope for. So, all right, those are my thoughts on the situation. Hope uh, all that made sense to to you. We'll get get a look at Auburn here coming up on Wednesday and do picks and stuff like that on Friday. So, have a great week. Enjoy the weather. It should be absolutely beautiful across the state. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, by the way. Subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and a review. And I will talk to you again on Wednesday. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.